And welcome back to the podcast. We're at part episode four, part two. I've never done a part two. All right. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm here with Andrew Sears again. Hello. Um, if you did not listen to part one last week, shame on you. Go listen to it. Yes. Um, we're talking about composition, which is what you do. Yes, it is. This is... And we're off to, we got some great points going. Again, go listen last week or else none of this will make sense to you. Talking about the state of composition and how music evolves and bleeds from style to style throughout mm -hmm. the years. What are your thoughts on, okay, so there's a huge 80s kick right now in music. Mm -hmm. You listen to music, you hear a lot of 80s influences, a lot of synths, a lot yes. of old school oh, drums. It's awesome. I love it so much. Yes. Do you feel like we will see? So we're repeating. We're repeating something. We're repeating the '80s in 2018. Mm -hmm. Are we going to repeat the '90s in 2022? And then are we going to repeat the early 2000s in 2030? And if so, at what point, what year will we start repeating music from the 1800s? That yeah, interesting. Um, interesting thought, right? It is it recycling is. music. You know, we're recycling um, the '80s. Are we gonna keep flowing through? And is the music that right now is on the top 40s that's so simple and basic? Eventually, are we gonna get to a point where that's boring to us as a culture, and we start getting into more of that detailed music again? Perhaps. I'm not a professional musicologist, so it's, it's a big question. It is. It's a, a big, big question. question. Um. And there are a lot of things that go into play with this new sort of 80s revolution mm -hmm. um, of music. And I think it, 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 you know, it has to do with the mainstream uh, things like, of course, Stranger Things. True. Um, Very true. And, uh, and Hans Zimmer. And, and so those, those are two very distinct um, events that caused this sort of awakening of oh this sound was really cool you yeah. know like let's, let's bring it back let's yeah let's explore this some more and see what else is out there yeah with this so you had that sound in the 80s mm -hmm. and right around then is when sort of midi was was born to light yeah, yeah mm -hmm. and and you started getting into uh, creating music on a computer. Yeah, blowing people's minds. Yeah, yeah. Creating music on a computer, editing it on a computer instead mm -hmm. of cutting tapes. tapes and, yeah. And um, a huge shift in the yeah. music industry. Um, and like all the all of a sudden, in the late '90s, you can have a string orchestra in your computer. Yeah. Um, without leaving your bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And. And then the sounds just get better and better. And so we've had this whole just explosion of, of writing from the laptop. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing about the 80s music is, is that, you know, it focuses on the synthesizers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can buy synthesizers in your computer, but there's an, it's, it's no fun to mess around with the yeah. buttons and the knobs with, on a, a, screen. with yeah. a mouse and it's clicking more fun to have it's a physical, that, yeah. that tactile experience yep. is yep. just a blast. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the main elements of that, that people love, is just the weird new sounds you can get and, and the, the creative experience. Yeah. And the physical of, experience of, of yeah. playing with knobs on a synth. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is something... Probably, ooh, interesting comparison. 
probably the same reason vinyl has come back is because we yeah. went to an age where you can create synth sounds on a laptop. Mm -hmm. You can stream music without ever holding a physical piece of yeah. merchandise. Yeah. But we've come full circle where people are purchasing synths at physical, you know, going to the store and mm -hmm. buying a synth and people are buying vinyl because we've gotten to a point where we did the digital thing for so long. We enjoy yeah. we as humans enjoy holding something. There's in our that hands. tactile mm -hmm. experience that we yeah. love to like be like, here, look at my record collection. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Don't you know, don't look at all the all the albums I have saved on my yeah, Spotify. Don't look at my playlist. Look yeah. at my collection yeah. of records. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at this plugin I just bought. Uh, look at the synth I just we, purchased. Yeah, we yeah. love that physical experience. And I mean, without that physical experience, we just there, there's something lost. Yeah. Um, hmm. And, you know, Hans Zimmer has been doing this stuff since, you know, he was playing for sessions, you know, when he was 18. Yeah. Um, and messing with sounds. And I think that's kind of, that's just what's brought this sort of love for that sound and mm -hmm. that sort of nostalgia for that, that era of, of music. Because mm -hmm. um, there's just that, I mean, even if it's a cheesy... 80s sort of synth yeah. song or it's whatnot you just gonna, love it yeah you, you just can't yeah, help but absolutely. dance to it or, yeah. or or just smile when you hear it yeah there's um, so many bands right now that are making their living off of cheesy yeah. 80s knockoffs yeah and it's like and, and it's great so that for that sort of um i guess rebirth for lack of a better term of that genre there needed to be certain things that happened mm -hmm. very specific things mm -hmm. Um, and I, I actually credit a lot of it to the Stranger Things for yeah, popular. So whatever's and, happening in pop culture, it's gonna yeah, influence it in a yeah. way. And I mean, if you think of we, you talked a lot about the sort of simple music that we kind of look down on, mm -hmm. the, the pop music, and, and whether or not we'll start looking back on it in in twenty years. And I think we will, mm -hmm. um, because you if if you think about it in terms of folk music. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like mean, immediately where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I mean, folk music is, I mean, in its essence, music of a people group. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the great thing about our world is that you can, you can be a part of a people group without Never really actually being being, yep. being a society, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Is that all these pop genres and all these pop artists mm -hmm. are essentially creating what I would, would classify as folk music. And that there will be people who will look back on it and start replaying it and kind of reworking it. back, it. yeah. Because there's always something to be done. Oh, to absolutely. A piece of music. Absolutely. Uh, I, it's, I mean, music itself, we've talked a lot about how it's not static and it's constantly mm -hmm. moving. I've seen that so many times being in studios with different artists and yeah. it's like... We don't know if this is done yet, but we're going to cut it. Yeah, I you mean, know? yeah, songs yeah. songs are never, ever done. Yeah. They're, they are um, constantly, there's there's a constant potential for more. For and more. to get in depth yeah. more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, that goes all the way back to what's happening in pop culture. Like, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but I had an idea where an artist has an album with six songs on it. And they released that album in 2018. Mm -hmm. And they tour and they do their thing. And then in 2021, they released that exact same album, re-recorded mm -hmm. in a studio, and see 
how those exact same songs are influenced and changed based yeah. upon what's happening in pop culture at the time and how the artist has you know, done 200 shows or whatever with those songs and realized, ooh, this should have gone here instead or I'm going to tweak this a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I think it would be super cool if, you know, somebody like, um, if, if John Mayer went into the studio right now and yeah. re-recorded Room for Squares. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, the things, yeah. It, or if, you know, and anybody like that, you know, if you threw Billy Joel back in the studio right now oh and my gosh. said re-record Glass House, oh, yeah. man. It would you, be, it, yeah. based upon pop culture and what he would want to tweak about it, Yeah, whole different album. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, completely different album. And, I mean, you had this sort of craze around that attitude I, kind of in the early 2000s with all the uh, sort of remixes. Mm-hmm. You remember that? They, oh, yeah. You'd always hear that one song, and the, you know, the top song on the album would always be remixed. Yep. And you'd always wait for that remix to see yep. what they did new with it. Yep. And, and for a while, that was, that was a kind of a big thing. And now it's kind of just dropped, dropped off a little bit. Yeah. Um, I remember even my early years of college listening to um, artists that would do, you know, you've got an entire collaboration album of one song remix, remixed by four different people. Yeah. It's just the same song mm-hmm. on like an EP mixed by or remixed by four different yeah. dudes yeah and know? then you have you know this whole idea of covering other mm-hmm. songs yeah and and so there's yeah there and a lot of times as young musicians we get disillusioned into thinking that there's this ultimate like nugget within each <laughs> musical idea yeah that we're just refining down to to find that goal. Um, yeah yeah and i mean i think we've actually talked about this before but you could spend forever in a day with the best with the best mixers the best engineers the best musicians uh best writers and the best mm-hmm. equipment and come out with something and still in in a few months you're going to hear something that damn you know i i should have put this in yeah or or i should have reworked I this that? song yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um or you know hell i, I should have thrown in this ensemble of of musicians yeah and done something completely you know yeah different going completely left field uh-huh. with it. yeah so what are your thoughts then on you let's put it let's put it to an example with you you put out a piece of music tomorrow that you've spent hours on you've composed it's where you think is at its peak mm-hmm. and you put it up on spotify or soundcloud or whatever if two months from now you're listening to it and you go, I should have done this, this, and this, are you as a creator, an artist, and a composer comfortable putting out the exact same song with almost like a version 2.0? Was that is that something you would do? Um, and is that something you think, depending on your answer, is that something you think people should do? In, in, in my position, I don't know if that would be the the most strategic thing to do mm-hmm. uh, because people who listen to me now are are not going to want to hear the same thing again yes um, they're going to want to hear me improve okay. upon what I've already done okay um, and that has to just do with where I am yeah at sort of the beginning stages of my career mm-hmm. but if 
Okay, so you're saying not at the moment, but you would feel comfortable then if it's if when I, you step to, up to that next level, when you get to the next tier, then would you consider if you have pieces that you've done that you're like, oh wow, I want to redo that and this, yeah. this, and that. Yeah. If I if I have the you know the manpower and the the musicians available, um, mm -hmm. and like I mean, I I'm I'm getting ready to release this um, or trying to get ready to release this. Uh, this programmed album and I've already started thinking about next May getting started on a just all acoustic album and mm -hmm. going you know the completely opposite way yeah um, and a lot of that will probably be taking some of my ideas from this current album that I'm working on and reworking them for a smaller ensemble and for an acoustic mm -hmm. ensemble mm -hmm. um, and part of that will be because you know, as as much as we would love to just not have to pay for musicians um, as composers, yeah, uh, no amount of programming or or uh, virtual instruments is going to replace a real musician. A real musician, a yep. yeah. So so part part of that has to do with me wanting to go completely acoustic for the, my next album. Yeah. Um, hmm. But I mean, it also. I guess it does have to do with that sort of extra creative, you know, mindset of, of you know, something different. Yeah. Hmm. But but that, again, is, is sort of uh, not, not the same as putting out the same piece of music, just working on it a little bit more. That, that would yeah. be more of like reworking an orchestral piece yeah. to an, uh, a small four-piece ensemble. Dare I say a remix. Oh, <laughs> yes. Could you call it a remix? Um, of your own work? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I would classify it as a remix. I, I don't think that's what the title would say. I don't think I don't think um, so either. But just because of the genre. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't think you would call it that. But, that um, might be a turnoff for a lot of classical snobs. Yeah, um, but what she's in, doing put it out remixes. Yeah, just, but in one sense, that's what it is. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, when I hit that other tier, tier, um, and I have that sort of those sort of resources. I would love to just come back to the stuff I I have mm -hmm. done. Um, and see and, what you could do with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of do that in a sense where I have a bunch of pieces from high school. I have a bunch of pieces from you know, oh, yeah. freshman year where I'm just... I go back and... See I mean, what you can do. You sift through all the bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but amidst that are some, you know, fun ideas. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and so... so you and if it's not that. something you can use, it's something you can at least work off of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's just another idea just waiting to be, um, kind of brought uh, to light. Br yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brought to light. Hmm. All right. Here's how do I ask this question? This is another one that I'm, I'm going, way out there. Okay. I think the closest thing to, so there are composers in 2018 like yourself mm -hmm. and like the people who are scoring movies and studying this. I think that there's there's traditional composers, mm -hmm. and then I think that if I were to call a different genre of music a modern-day, quote, composer, I would immediately look to the EDM world. Yeah. Because that's busy music. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot going on. Yeah. It's a complete different style. So, I mean, mm -hmm. style-wise, genre-wise, you cannot compare them. Mm -hmm. But as far as... Putting two people in a room, I feel like if you were going to sit down and do a collaboration with someone, 
you would it would be easier for you to work with someone who sits at their laptop and composes, for lack of a better word, EDM songs mm -hmm. over a singer-songwriter who writes in a traditional sense. Is that... Can I make that comparison? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's way left field, because I'm comparing a classic yeah. style of music to something that's brand spanking new. Yeah, like, um, I, I guess, are, are you asking, are, are EDM artists essentially... Would you consider them composers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I um, most definitely would. And that's kind of part of why I love listening to EDM music. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think if I sat down with an EDM artist, um, number one, that would be really, really fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, uh, there would be a lot more give and take than if I sat down with a singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. Of course. Because we would, with a singer-songwriter, I feel like we would be intimidated by each other. Mm -hmm. um, because... Hmm. Our, our ways of writing music are kind of, are just completely different. They are, polar um, opposites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, the, the singer-songwriter, he, she might be, you know, intimidated by, like, my my desire to, to bring, you know, uh, a larger ensemble than, than just, uh, yeah. you know, a typical band, yeah. um, or to sort of orchestrate things differently, and I would most definitely be in, in, um, intimidated by their um, use of, of lyric. And, yeah, and, simplicity. and simplicity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, whereas with an EDM artist, we would I feel like we would both be sitting there. Um, Knowing you're both kind of on the same level? Yeah, and just, yeah. And just sort of thinking about the same outcome, but with different tools and different... <laughs> As I said last week, textures. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, they they're most definitely composers. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a, a lot of times nowadays people will start classifying themselves more as composers who wouldn't have classified themselves that way five years ago because there's sort of this um, hierarchy that comes with calling yourself a composer. Yeah. Is it the cool thing to do right now? It's, uh, I, I think so. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really think it is the cool thing to do. Yeah. Just because you hear composer and you think all these different like, whoa, yeah. things, you know, there, there's so You're much potential. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you, if you say I'm an artist or I like, you kind of, They'll, you kind of fall into that. Yeah, there's. Oh, like, you're with the artists. Yeah, and, there's yeah. this un, unschooled or undisciplined yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, I guess I, oh. that's true. I hadn't thought of it. But yeah, I do think of if someone calls themselves a composer, they're immediately smarter than an artist yeah. in my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, huh. yeah, you'll be, I, I've even heard some, some singer songwriters call themselves composers. Um, Does that irk you at all? No. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, because I, I understand that there's that sort of bias. I think it's unnecessary. Okay. Um, That's a very polite way to say it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, if if you're that insecure, you need yeah, you need to kind of work on it a bit. Yeah. You know, kind of like when, when I introduced, when I was introduced last week and I, there was a big question mark in yeah. front of my statement, I am a composer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, there's, there's insecurity in all of us but if you're a singer-songwriter singer and you're calling yourself a composer, 
it's a different I, kind of insecurity. Yeah, and, and and you really need to sort of, you know, not worry about it. You yeah. Know? Not especially not if you're going to need to. Yeah. Sort especially of, if you're putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. Because that just means you, if you're insecure about your title, mm -hmm. you're insecure about what people think, which means that you're not going to be a good songwriter. Because, yeah, what do what do people do? What do you do when you listen to a song? What do I do? You judge. Yeah. You compare. Yeah. You know. Analyze. Analyze. Yeah. yeah. So judge. somebody says they're a composer and they yeah. throw up a a little ballad. Yeah. Um, you're gonna compare and analyze. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah you have like, to be confident enough to know that that's gonna happen, mm -hmm. and not care. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I I I think it's unnecessary when a singer songwriter calls himself a composer, um, but I also get it. Yeah. Um, you can see where they're coming from, but yeah. you also yeah okay. Because because there's there's that oh I I I I don't I'm not getting political, uh, but there's <laughs> that music oh, oh, oh what's it called um, privilege, okay that comes with the composer where I have. You know, all four years of high school. Whenever I tell people I'm studying music, they're like, "Oh, okay. Like, what? Like, what's your emphasis or your major?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Composition." They're like, "Oh, yeah." You There's get, like this re-energized yeah. sort of thing when you say Suddenly composer. You're, on the, you're immediately on the next level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do something yeah. with your life. Yeah. Oh, you actually um, know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, like, that's true, and that comes from everybody who's ever learned three chords on a guitar and calls yeah. themselves a musician. Yeah, yeah. it's. Or everybody who thinks they can sing in the shower and says, I'm a singer. You know, it does. Yeah. It comes from, and it's a bummer because unfortunately, like, I think that everyone who just says, I'm a musician, should be greeted with that same, wow, you have a talent for something that yeah. a lot of people cannot do very well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, there's been enough people who call themselves a musician that can't do much that it's kind of watered down the, yeah. the title and the reputation. Yeah. And I mean, there's also a cult. As with everything, there's like this cultural aspect to it where we've we've come out of a industrial era where uh, all progress is measured by uh, dollars and cents. And, True. And actual physical, you can see it happening in yeah. front of you. You can see it before you die, sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and whereas with the musician, you don't always see the end result of what you're doing. You, I mean, most uh, famous composers that we studied died before they even were famous. I mean, yeah. Bach uh, lived, he, I mean, well, he didn't travel outside of this small little area in, in modern day Germany. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it would be as if in your entire life, uh, you never left Nashville. You never, like you never went as far as Memphis. Jeez. Or, or sorry, even shorter than that, in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and during his life, he was not this big composer that we celebrate today. Mm -hmm. But then people uncovered his music and sort of started looking into it again. Yeah. And so you don't, as a, as a musician, you don't have this immediate, uh, you know, at the end of the day, okay, we made this quota. Yeah. Or, or we you know, we made this X amount over the past quarter. Yeah, we hit this quarter. many spins or this, yeah, um, we sold this many albums. Which, I mean, uh, is a very cultural it thing is. It's to what do. You're, it's what you're judged off. It's what yeah. makes a famous musician famous nowadays. Yeah, you know? and, and it's what makes a person successful. It yeah. was, it's what makes somebody important. Mm -hmm. I have a buddy of mine who I've been working with 
who lives over in Scotland, um, and this this sort of attitude is far worse there. Really um, worse. Yes, huh. um, which I wasn't aware of until he started talking about it because he came over here to kind of get into Nashville and make some connections and was just kind of amazed at how much music is going on mm-hmm. uh, as, as opposed to Scotland where you are, I mean, you're, if, if you're musically inclined, it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's fun. Yeah. But you also need a job. Yeah. And so there's that big, there's a big push against that. And so you don't really have a heck of a lot of uh, Scottish pop artists. Um, and and, Because they're kind of being oppressed. Yeah, in a sense. sense. Exactly. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole issue with with the artist in an industrial world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you're trying to, you're trying to just sort of create things just to create things. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people are trying to create things to um, hit a number. Hit a number or make, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, get get ahead of the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of that with yeah. artists I work with, you know. Oh, I mean. It's a it's a big deal when you. Because it's a artist. cultural thing. It hits it us is. all. It is. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh. it's what we're all judged off of, you know. We've, yeah. It, it's a big deal when an artist hits in a certain number of spins. We celebrate that yeah. on Spotify. Or we, we celebrate, oh, you sold X amount of albums or. You sold mm-hmm. this many tickets and you made X amount of income from yeah. merchandise sales. You know, it's it is it's celebrated. When when yeah, when somebody's playing a show every weekend, uh, and you're kind of just uh, doing homework over the weekend as as mm-hmm. a musician, you're you've you know you're so much your morale is is sh- uh, shaken and and your value is depleted. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're you're not meeting that same sort of quota, um, yeah. And I mean, especially as like a commercial musician or as a singer songwriter, and like as a composer, it happens more so with like how many performances you have. Yeah, you know. And it's a huge bummer because I know some amazing songwriters and amazing artists and amazing musicians who and you do too and i'm not going to throw names out there but um i'm sure if we sat here and talked about some of the female artists that we know mm-hmm. we could think of probably think of the same person who think of the same few people who are very very talented in what they do mm-hmm. um and because of that judging compared to somebody else in their music career like you said watching somebody else do more shows watching someone else do bigger shows yeah. watching someone else achieve more spins um is shaken to the point of i'm not going to do this anymore yeah you know i i can think of four people that i come in contact with on a weekly basis who have thought or do think mm-hmm. because i am not at x or because i'm comparing myself to y or because that person is doing more than me Clearly, I'm doing something wrong, so I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. When it comes, I don't down, have that. Spark. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have what they have. And what it, yeah. it really is is, well, no, you are just achieving things at a different pace and a different yeah, level. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah, yeah. It's a different pace, different level. You, you know. Yeah. Um. So it is. It, it's a. It's um. It's a huge, huge bummer when that morale is shaken 
to take your words by comparing yourself to the modern day society's rules of making it, quote unquote, yeah. because are we missing out on the next Hans Zimmer because he's sitting in his room somewhere comparing himself to another, his neighbor who also composes music and mm. thinks I'm not good enough when really he just needs to hone his craft for another two mm. years? You know, a great movie that mm. attacks this, this, or, or kind of digs into that, that thought of are we, are we suffocating the next generation of greats mm -hmm. um, is uh, Whiplash. Oh, great, 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 great yes. film. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it, that, that question is, is asked That's verbatim. that entire movie, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I mean in, the, in that context, it's more along the lines of, of pushing somebody yeah. uh, and pushing a musician to, to be great. Mm -hmm. But it translates, translates back into um, the whole cultural deal of, of are we presenting or preventing the progression of of the next generation mm -hmm. uh, by sort of dampening uh, dampening the um, I don't know the the attraction to being an artist. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean, it's it's really hard to tell, especially from our place in our lives right mm -hmm. now. Oh, absolutely. Um, and especially on my place. In, my career because it, I mean it's just starting yeah and oh, we're both very young in this game yeah and you see these patterns happen over and over and over again um, throughout history and so sometimes it's hard to think or it's hard to separate when you're being paranoid mm -hmm. uh, and when you're actually kind of delving into something that is an issue because yeah. I mean, we've continued to have these greats. We've continued to have oh, absolutely um, have them come out through through the years. You know, in in the pop culture, in in the classical world, in electronic music, rock music, whatever mm -hmm. genre yeah. you you have. Absolutely, they're um, always they'll always be there. I guess for me, it's just I'm 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 always wondering, you know, like uh, we how still, much damage are we doing? Yeah, we still have the greats, but are we missing out on something even yeah. better because of you know, the way we view things. Um, uh, well, I mean... And one, there's, one a of the, there's a certain part of me that wants to believe that, you know, the people who are meant to compose great music and write great music and be great artists mm -hmm. will find a way to persist through that. But I know that there's yeah. those people who are probably fantastic at what they do that might not have that persistence. Yeah. I mean, we are preventing ourselves from, oh, yeah. from greats. Self-inflicted I mean, self wound. Yeah, there, there's no question about it that, that there are hundreds of musicians who are amazing out there who will never be discovered. Mm -hmm. uh, and We come in contact with a lot of them every day. Yeah, and I could I could be that that same person. But the great thing about music is that it will it's always gonna come back around. Oh absolutely. Um and it may not be you and it may not be the person you know, but Whatever aspect, and again, this gets philosophical. <laughs> I love it. Um, whatever aspect of music we may or may not be um, smothering will come out eventually. Hmm. I think it's it's why you have these sort of genre revivals with like the 80s synths. Hmm. Um, okay, good time. Whatever was smothered before is brought, uh, is brought back. Yeah. 
Hmm. And and it's this beautiful thing in music where it's just constant. It it just thrives within any context, hmm. within any culture, within any historical you know uh, scene. It just thrives and pushes us, challenges us. Yeah. Um, hmm. To where I I don't think we lose anything. Uh, we only gain something. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, classical music has never died. True. Um, I'm. I mean, you could say it's dying. If I wouldn't make that argument, some people would. But I don't think it'll ever just completely go no, away. No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when, when music, when you get something created in music, whether it's a genre, a technique. Or or or, Style, or a person, it yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It never goes away, and it's always there. There's enough. So there's enough people interested in music that it'll always, even the parts that might not be as popular, will still always have yeah. those people interested. It's like this analogy. Um, uh, now I hope this doesn't get too uh, philosophical or spiritual for people. But it, it, they'll get over it. The, there, there's this analogy in this C.S. Lewis book, in the last one of his Narnia series, mm-hmm. the the last battle, mm-hmm. um, and it, his analogy of it is to towards the afterlife and heaven. And I'm I'm going to compare it to music, where once once Aslan comes back and brings everybody into the new Narnia, he continues to say to them further up and further in. And they continue to run uh, into the new Narnia and go further into it and further up. And, and they just c- continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing is lost. Well, no place is lost where they were before. They just continue to arrive at, at some place the same place but better than what it was before. Hmm. Um, and so music is the same sense of further up and further in, continuing to pursue that, never destroying what was before, but simply building upon it. Hmm. Good comparison. Building upon it, growing, yeah, and just further up. Yeah, it's it's not a destructive thing. It's a growth. Um, it's a growing yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there. I you you could you could obviously argue that there are destructive aspects of music oh like, you can like argue the, that for any field like yeah, yeah like have there there are, there are some sub metal genres uh that will emphasize you know suicide and and other things which are definitely not great mm-hmm. um and not something that 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 creates but music that music as a whole is is something that, that is always growing and, yes yeah building upon itself mm-hmm. um but yeah, I like it. Yeah, so I I don't lose sleep o- over over the potential destruction of the next Hans Zimmer. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I feel more comforted after talking like this. Yeah, I yeah. feel better. Yeah, I feel better. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, I I think we'll call it there. All right. But um, best way to find your music um, for all uh, three people who listen to this. Yeah. Uh, right now SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh. But do you know your SoundCloud URL or handle? Um, it's like it's Andrew Sears. I'll put it in the I'll Andrew put it in the Sears music. Okay. Um, I'll put it in the Instagram post. But yeah, uh, Instagram would probably be a, a better avenue to Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Andrew Sears music. 
Andrew Sears music. Everything, everything across the board is everything is Andrew Sears music. If you want my email, it's Andrew Sears music at gmail.com. It's all that fun Hit stuff. Hit him up. Hit um, up. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to hearing your uh, EDM producer collaboration. Oh, dude, I want to find somebody. Dude, I want to do it. Get on Instagram. Start um, cru- get on SoundCloud. Yeah. Start cruising. Find yeah. somebody. Collab. I, I, I need to do that. But yeah, in a few months, hopefully, I'll have some stuff on Spotify. Awesome. Well, we'll get you back on this podcast then. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody, all three people. <laughs> <laughs>